Before we begin our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're recording on. For Cass, it's the Borogagal people, and for Haley, it's the Dharawal people. After 10,000 years, I'm free. It's time to conquer Earth. Hi there. This is not Jennifer Coolidge, and that was my audition for Rita Repulsa in the new Power Rangers Gay Force. It's all full of homosexuals. Anyways, I'm not sure if I can talk about that. So in the meantime, listen to Drag Me Out Official and talk about that with your friends. This video is not sponsored by Jennifer Coolidge or Power Rangers, but supported by a flaming Midwestern homosexual with nothing better to do at this time. And listen to the podcast, dumbass. Now, a quick word from our unsponsored sponsors. Do you want to go to sleep with a different celebrity every night? Do you ever think of smothering someone, but your pillow is too basic? Then we have the perfect pillowcases for you. Hero Huggers by Rennie. Hero Huggers by Rennie encourages testing on animals. According to the scientists at Drag Me Out University, they have proven results that people who purchase Hero Huggers by Rennie improve their sleep by 83.768%. Phones are ringing off the hook with orders, so get yours now. Or alternatively, go to Hero Huggers by Rennie on Etsy. Sleep soundly knowing your heroes are right next to you. Hero Huggers by Rennie, where heroes fly. Now animals were harmed during the making of this commercial. No one had dragged me out official has a science degree, but they have watched things about Scientology. No research has been done to support these statistics except our own biased opinion. Pillow not included. Oh, side note, when this episode drops, it will be my birthday. I know. You think I don't remember. I remember. Your birthday is like the 13th of June. Hmm? I remember stuff. We turned tree into birds. Yeah, you turned tree on the trees on the thirteenth in twenty twenty three. Correct. Look at you. All the trees. Thirty three on the thirteenth. That's nine in twenty twenty three. That's twelve. Add one and two. It's three. What were we doing? <laughs> Right, so you're 33, so 3 yep. plus 3 is 6. Mm-hmm. On the 13th, which is another 3, so that's 9 mm-hmm. in 2023. So oh, yeah, you add okay. that 3, which is 12, mm-hmm. and then you add 1 and 2 together. What's my favourite number? 7? <laughs> no, it's 3. <laughs> I do everything. And I when you when you when you actually go into a bathroom with me, I walk into the third stall. Okay. Every time. It was a very long intro. Oh, we haven't even done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone. Welcome to Drag Me Out. I'm Cass. And I'm barely functioning. You changing that by D Yeah. Okay. First name barely, second name functioning. Fair enough. <laughs> and we are just going to talk our usual shit for however long Haley deems this episode in particular appropriate. So let's just get it out there. 
Mm-hmm. How was your week? Leave the highlight to last. Go. Okay. It's a bit shit because the boys are not well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially my seven-year-old. He's not feeling it. And I don't think it's COVID. Like, I've got tests here that we get from the school. I don't know what's the point of testing them because you don't isolate as long as you don't have symptoms. Right. So there's literally no point in me testing him because I can't. He's too young to get anything for it anyway. They'd just be like um, alternate Panadol, Nurofen, maybe some cough medicine. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause my husband's got it now. Oh yeah. I'm waiting for it, but I, I get it when everybody's better. So when right. everybody's all good, that's when it hits me and it hits me 10 times worse than what they've got. So I'm, I'm just well, you, waiting for it. You're getting, you're getting triple action. Yes. I'm trying to stay away from them. I'm sleeping in my son's bed because he's been in my bed for the last week. Mm. And then my husband's been with him. So just been trying to stay away, but it's, just, you know, it's, it's hard. Kids, kids are hard to isolate. Yeah. So, yeah, so being sick with those, but before I continue with that. Okay. So I made an impulse purchase this week, which I think that you might actually like. Okay. So I can't remember what night it was um, lying. I was uh, unsupervised on my phone. I was and... going to say, a night where you were avoiding your husband and children. <laughs> yes, please continue. <laughs> and I saw this drink bottle pop up and love my drink bottles. Uh-huh. Love, thing, love, love, love my, this thing keeps things, ice stays in here uh-huh. 24 hours. It doesn't last that long, but it stays in there if I let it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it was on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, no, Facebook ads, you know, they get you. They Every time. You My mm-hmm. problem is, and I feel that you have this problem too, especially since the surgery, is that we don't drink enough water. Correct. Yes. Anyway, I do try flavorings but I can always especially with the no sugar flavorings you get that aftertaste like of mm. additives anyways so this thing's the new thing fandangled um I don't know I'm gonna try it out so it's a drink bottle and you put it's like a ring and you put that over the straw they clip it in and this ring has a smell okay so when you're drinking the water, you smell what flavor that thing is, and it tricks you into thinking that's what the flavored water is. So, mm-hmm. I made a I made a purchase. The expensive part is obviously the drink bottle, but whatever. I could always use another drink bottle. Hopefully, it's good sure. quality. Sure. But so it's a subscription based. Mm-hmm. I put a reminder in my phone to when it uh-huh. like renews, so I could cancel it if I don't want it. Mm-hmm. But it's actually cheaper than what I'm doing, which is buying energy drinks every four days in a four pack. Right. So 
it would benefit me if it works because it's energy drink. You can get energy drink um, smelly ones. So there's like peach, lemon, uh, energy drink, cola. I don't think they can legally say Coke. No. Yeah. So cola. Um, and then there's a few other little ones. Anyway, so I'm going to try it out. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If it does work, I'll let you know. Because I do need to drink more water. Mm. That's one thing. That was my week. My other thing is I'm having a cleaner lady problem where I don't like my cleaner lady. First of all, problems, please continue. <laughs> like I I got it because it's just nice to one day every fortnight come home to a clean house. And it yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, but you're a shift worker and your husband kind of is and you've got two kids. Like I, I actually get it. Like um, I listen. would, and because of where we live, I would clean at like, you know, one o'clock in the morning when I get up to go to work, but I can't because I make too yeah. much noise. Yeah. So anyway, so it's just easier to have the cleaner, but she's not very good. And she always tries to talk to me if I'm at home. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this, but nine times out of 10, when I get home and she's here, she's on the phone. She's an older lady. You don't pay her to be on the phone? Exactly. Anyway. Hey, hey, if you're listening, hey, sugar tits, you don't get paid to be on the phone and you don't get paid to talk to your boss, okay? No, she runs her own business. She's, she works for herself. Yeah, but you're employing her. Yeah. but She doesn't get paid to talk to you. She gets paid to clean your shit. She's like, I, say, I don't know because I've never had – I've never had a cleaning lady, so I don't know what the expectation is. I've never had a maid. <laughs> I haven't had a maid. This is my first time having a maid. I've had my butler Jeeves, but only in the summer. We have Jeeves. Mm. Jeeves is our automatic yeah. vacuum cleaner. <laughs> we call him Jeeves. So I'm like contemplating for weeks to fire her, but I just, I don't know. I, I can't, you know, it makes me uncomfortable. This is how you do it. You know, This is how you do it. Okay. You go, look, uh, you let them down slowly. I do this with like people like physios and stuff when I'm not happy with them anymore. I don't just straight out fire them. I do this. They go, oh, so when do you want to make the next appointment? I go, oh, look, I'm actually going to be busy for the next couple of weeks. I'll get back to you. Okay. And then just don't. Yeah, but one, she knows where I live. Two, she's a standing fortnight appointment. Yeah, but just or the other thing is, Look, finances are a little bit tight now. Okay. Uh, when everything gets settled, like, I'll let you know, um, like, and then just don't ghost her. Block. Block. Then that way you don't have to do, but then that way you don't have to do the confrontation thing or anything like that. Yes, I am well aware to all of those who are watching and listening. I know it's lying, but when you're preserving your own dignity and self-respect, and you don't want to have to face it, then just come out and just tell a little white lie. You is, can't afford it. Is um in this current economic climate, you know, luxuries like cleaning are the first things to go. In these uncertain economic times, but then luxuries like, like cleaners. I and then feel, just go find someone else. Because my husband had that same suggestion of like, oh, cry poor. But then I was like, well, what if she's like, oh, I can do a couple couple weeks for free because she doesn't need the money. She talks to me all the time. She doesn't need the money. 
Then she's not going to be upset if you just don't have it back for a while. I was just going to wait until we moved house and not tell her. <laughs> yeah, but then you're stuck with her trying to talk to you. <laughs> no, I'd block her and she'd just show up to her house to clean and no one's <laughs> all completely new furniture. Yeah, yeah everyone hide. <laughs> Doorbell's gone, knocking on the door. <laughs> you, the husband, and the kids are hiding behind the lounge going, yeah, don't make a sound. Shh. Like everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, but you know what? We've done it. Like, yeah, yeah. Why would you find the need to hide from people? Sometimes you just don't want to talk to people. Sometimes you just don't want to answer the door. You know, like you know, we've had neighbors not here, but in other places, we have neighbors knock on the door, and we're just like, be very quiet. (laughs) They'll go away. Fair enough. So, yeah. We went to Jennifer Coolidge and Mike White, a conversation. Was that what it was called? Yeah. So how did you find it? Loved it. Loved any, it. Any, like, moments that really stood out to you? Um, <laughs> Picture it. <laughs> the Aware Super Theatre, 2023. Um. I found her I never I didn't I never have preconceived ideas of people um I found her quiet and a little bit shy um but extremely down to earth and he was just hysterical but she doesn't laugh did you notice that yeah but then when they had the close-ups like you can say there's no, probably been a her mouth was moving like she was laughing, but she doesn't actually make any noise. No, no. Like, I, I thought. Yeah, that's what she does really with her anything. But I yeah. thought she was. I thought she was great. I thought they were very, very lovely. And um, there were moments, you know, she was talking about her depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 she was just, you know, what was it she was saying? Something like, "I, I just, I needed, I, I just made sure I got out of the house." Okay. You know, and then she was like, she was telling this one thing about she was when I'm depressed or I'm, I'm most depressed or whatever it was, and um, I go and see something bad <laughs> to kind of try and make myself feel better. <laughs> um, and he was funny, and I I know him as an actor. I've seen yes. him quite a bit, and he is obviously the original Ned Shebley in Yes School of Rock. I watched the other day. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We, it was hysterical. We were laughing our heads off. What'd she is exactly how I pictured her to be because she's she she and she admitted it. She's ditzy and clumsy and makes things work, even though other people are like, "Why would you do it like that?" But she's like, yeah. "Oh, whatever." Like, just it's like, it gives off airhead vibes. However, she's, she's intelligent. A smart woman, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but. The way that she carries herself, it's this like vulnerable child. Like it's very almost uh, naive. Yeah, like this naivety that she has. Hmm. Um, he was funny. I didn't really I didn't really care for the moderator. Benjamin Law. He was yeah. okay. There was some funny there were there were some funny moments with him as well. What I found the funniest was the fact that he would ask Mike White a question. 
Mike White would talk for about two or three minutes, but didn't actually answer anything. No, he 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 he's on the same level as, but he's on the same level as her. It's almost like this naive Tay, um, thing thing about it. But you know, the stories are hysterical. Um, we did a quite a lot of air finger quotes here celebrity spotting. Um, because in so where we were. And where ego was, um, on the floor in front was Richard Reed. Yep. So, um, Jessica Rowe. Oh, that too. Angela Bishop. Don't know who that is. The entertainment reporter for Channel Ten. Don't watch the news. And are you ready? Tack. Which okay. So I saw. I kind of saw that in the group chat. So, white jacket. Would have loved to have gone and been like, the hell, cack. Well, Is Ego, it- after the show, Ego was like, I'm going to go and meet her. And we were like, okay, because I was going to go, like, let's go and we'll get a selfie with her, mm-hmm. you know, just for the sake of doing it. Like, fuck it. And let's inconvenience her like she inconvenienced the jungle. Yeah. And then and then Ego goes, no, nah, I can't be bothered. And then and then when um Benjamin Law, uh, Jennifer and Mike take a selfie in front of the crowd, not only is Kerry Ann Kennelly in the photo, so is Jessica Rowe, Richard Reed, and Ego. <laughs> <laughs> Ego circled herself in the photo and sent it in the group chat. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, and Angela Bishop too. What time did it finish? Uh, it started a little bit late. It started at like quarter to eight, yeah? Yeah, about um, that. 9.20, almost 9.30. Okay. Yeah. Um. And Vanity was, like, directly behind Ego in the last row. Mm. Her Insta stories about last night had me in hysterics because she had to catch the tram because she's trying to save money. And then the first tram was okay. She was sitting down and then she had to change over trams and then all you see is, like, these wide-eyed things because it's just chock-a-block full of people going to Darling Harbour for Vivid. It was, it was so funny. And then she was like the next morning, th- this morning, she's like, I, 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 I may have went out after Jennifer Coolidge to have some drinks, but I don't remember. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And she was there and Carla from Bankstown was there as well. Was she? In drag. I saw it in the stories this morning. Was she in the pink? Yeah. Oh, then I saw them. They were standing yeah. near the the bar. I say that because it, it looks like a bar, but it's not a bar. It's where they, they just have a round. Yeah. Um, there was a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, oh. Like, I should premise, I left at 8.30. Okay. And it all really started at dinner. Not Not anything to do with you guys. Oh right, okay. Not I any, go. No, no, not anything to do with the you chili guys. cheesy honey bread was great. Thank you. Um. Well, I did leave a review about how he should have let me have the kids meal. Okay. Um. That pissed me off because he should have let me have the kids meal. What? Yeah, but if management tells him that he can't, he can't make the decision. Then bring the management. Bring management over. I don't care. Okay. okay. I'll talk to anyway, them about it. Anyway, it started at dinner. Started at dinner, and then when we were walking through the crowd, like it's a lot. There was a mm. lot of people. Yeah. Um, and my anxiety started 
when we were like sort of walking up into it. And then I was like, all right. So it actually, my anxiety started even before I left because I, my outfit that I wanted to wear didn't arrive on time where I would have been warmer. I'm struggling in the cold. Like, mm. you know, um, I am, when I'm cold, it's really hard. I don't know. It's really hard to focus and it's really hard to sort of take your mind off anything else. It's the same sort of when you're in the heat. Like it's just mm-hmm. at the extremes of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the big jacket that I wanted to wear was like four sizes too big for me. I didn't even think like because I have all my jackets in a different section in my thing. And when I put it on, I'm like, this just looks ridiculous. Like I just, I just look like I've stolen this off a homeless person. So all like the outfits that I wanted to wear, which were warmer, didn't arrive. So I was really annoyed. And then, um, obviously my son was sick. And then something else happened. The outfit that I was going to wear just didn't work out. So just, and then, okay, so the other issue that I'm having is that I'm actually in quite a fair amount of pain still. And sitting down is probably, uh, right now my Panadol's just kicked in. So I didn't have any Panadol with me. I didn't even think like to take Panadol with me. And also I think, you know, not to TMI, but I think it's infected. Oh. Um, okay. All right. I'm, so that's why you left. So I was in a lot of pain. All I could think about was I'm in a lot of pain. I, and then I just got really self-conscious anyway. So my anxiety kicked in when I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to leave with 9,000 people and try and catch a tram back to central. And then try yeah, and, fair catch. and I got, it just, it just got all too much. I didn't want to make yeah. a big deal about it. I didn't want to, um, like message you guys freaking out and then have like you go so oh, like we're gonna go see if she's all right. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to ruin anyone's night. I'm yes, I am a fan of Jennifer Coolidge, but I am not a diehard fan like the other people in the room. So if I missed out, I missed out. We live. In you got life. forty minutes of it. Yeah, I got. I think I tried to sit about an hour, and all I could think of was I'm just I'm just in pain. And yep. so I quickly, it all worked out because the tram literally pulled up as I was there. So I sort of ran to get the tram and then my train was in four minutes and I made the train and oh, I got that's home good. and I was just sort of, as soon as I got home, like I completely, I just relaxed. I just, yeah. Next time you've got to at least tell me. My yeah. phone was on do not disturb. And it wasn't, it was just sort of like me dealing with it, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I was alive and I made sure to tell Matt that I was alive. Um, because I felt that he would be the one to understand. I know that you would understand as well. I just felt that, yeah, I don't know. I didn't want anyone to worry. I just, yeah, I just wanted to shut down. I haven't even looked at the group chat. I just. Yeah. But then what happened was, because I said, oh, we've got to wait for Haley," And they're like, she's gone. And I'm mm. like, what? Mm. What, what do you mean she's gone? And then. He said, I don't know, maybe something about the kids or whatever it was. And then we we actually worried. Then Tyler mm. and I were messaging each other going, like, have you heard from her? No. Have you heard from her? No. Have you heard from her? And we're like, we're going, God, we hope it's not the kids. We hope it's not this. Like, Yeah, I would have well, told you if it was the kids. I don't know if I was embarrassed about the situation. I don't know. Yeah, but it's me. No, no, no. I know. Don't worry about them. It's me. And oh, you, I don't you worry. and yeah, I, I don't... talk about all that. Well, you and I talk about shit all the fucking time. We it's know really, too much about each other as it's it is. It's really hard to 
try and I think it's because my brain was just in panic mode and I've probably been in panic mode since yesterday and I sort of had to I had to hyper focus on something that I really enjoyed today to sort of get get out of that route Mm -hmm. so that's why I completely honestly I just ignored my phone all day um the only person I messaged was I think my husband and even then like that was a struggle like I just wanted to just not even look at it um so anyway Past that, mental health is important. I'm getting help. Never go to Sydney for Vivid because there's too many people out and it gives me anxiety. And if you do, I'm going to wear a snowsuit because I'm that fucking cold. Well, see, had had things worked out a little bit better, and when I say that, had there been a lot more restaurants around Aware Super, Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been a problem, and here is why, right, because – I would have just come picked you three up from the thing. We would have parked underground under the aware theater because that's where we parked for Ursula Carlson. And then Mm -hmm. it would have just been up and out and out. Yeah. But, you know. I think my thing is, is like, I'm so, I'm not so far away from home, but I am Mm. all at the same time. Oh, I get it. No, I, I completely get it. Anyway, that was long. So. The wife and I enjoyed our meal. <laughs> you ate Last seafood night. though. Yeah. <coughs> uh, Ego looked like she was enjoying her meal, but gee, they found the biggest pig in Sydney and just <laughs> went, let's just put it on Ego's plate. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we had a lovely night. Then we went and had, um, so as we were walking, Maddie goes, oh, do you want to get some ice cream? And that Danish ice cream place was a little bit busy. And I went, no, it's okay. It's fine. And then we go over to near where the restaurant was. We walk back over there and there was a dessert place and they made the, like the crazy milkshakes and stuff. And Ego got this dirty, great big, like bubblegum flavored milkshake that looked ridiculous. And I got, because my wife said, I'll share with you. And I went, okay, cool. (laughs) So I got waffles with melted marshmallow and it had a, a side thing of bubblegum ice cream. And when it turned up, my wife and I and Ego and Maddie look, looked at each other and went, shit. <laughs> it was huge. And so I got about four or five spoonfuls out and it was just too much for me. The missus got like two or three and the rest of it just sat there. We were just like, can't do it. Can't do it. So, um, yeah, we sat there, watched a couple of uh, drunk idiots, girls, um, dancing to the free DJ that was in the area. That was <laughs> that was fucking stupid. Um, yeah, that was my week. J Cool was awesome. So to draw, I do have musings. I actually. Oh, so, so wonderful. Please enlighten. So, in keeping with the, we we watched It's My Turn, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Michael Douglas, nineteen eighty film. But Michael while Douglas. I was while I was watching it. They had the rehearsal dinner for the wedding in one of the scenes. And then I was thinking about how weird's a rehearsal dinner. Like you're rehearsing to eat. And then I then I got onto the of like what other traditions. Anyway, I ended up Googling some stuff and I got countries that have really weird traditions uh at weddings. So anyway, right. so there's there's uh fifteen countries. I'll okay. start with Germany. Nine. The bride and groom use chainsaws. German newlyweds indulge in a tradition known as Baumstaumsagen. I don't know. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but 
I just <laughs> you say anything in German in a really angry tone, usually it's correct. Where the you couple, sound like you're lifting a house. Yeah, where the couple is expected to saw a log into two pieces as it's a task to be carried out by two people. Symbolizes the couple's strengths as they face challenges in their marriage. Oh, oh, sweet. Romania, the bride is kidnapped. So the bride disappears before the wedding. Doesn't mean she has, she has cold feet. It is a tradition for the bride to be kidnapped by friends and family before the wedding, just like role play to get the bride back. The groom has to pay her ransom. It could be through romantic gestures or filling her glass with champagne. Righto. Italy. Nuts are given to newlyweds. Instead of confetti, people give nuts. But apparently they've now been replaced by coriandoli. I don't know what that is. Okay. Kenya. Father spits on the bride. They do that in Orthodox Greek. Too. Yeah, apparently it's a, a good luck thing. Yes. Um, India, the groom gets his shoes stolen. <laughs> it's a ritual where the brides, bridesmaids and cousins often play a trick on him by stealing the shoes and hiding them. In order to get his shoes back, the groom must bribe the women with cash to return them. Before This seems like a great scam. You know what? Fitting. Fitting. Moving yep. on. Yep. China. The bride practices a crying ritual. No wonder they look miserable when they're always getting married. Yeah, right. A month before the ceremony, Tuzia brides are expected to cry for one hour each day. Yeah, I'm not going into Jesus, that. I, I barely cry an hour a month. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Um, Japan, families drink in sync. So drinking wine at a wedding doesn't sound too bizarre. However, in Japan, the historic tradition of San San Kudo requires the family to drink in sync. First, as bride, in as in together at the same time, or as in the kitchen apparatus. No, no, no. Uh, S Y N C. Right. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. The first, the bride and groom take three sips each from three flat sake cups. After which, their parents do the same, bonding the families together. The Japanese do a lot of drinking ceremonies. They yeah, they got the tea. Well. And, yeah, yeah. Um, Korea, the bride is given a goose. Yep, don't need to go much more into that. All right, uh, South Korea, the groom's feet are beaten. In parts of South Korea, grooms cannot leave with their new wives until they've had their feet beaten. After the ceremony, groomsmen or family members remove the groom's shoes and bind his ankles with ropes before taking turns to beat his feet with a stick or, in some cases, a dried fish. Thankfully, the ritual doesn't last long and is seen as a fun part of the day. Is it? But what, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> fun for who? <laughs> what does it symbolise? <laughs> I don't know. Malaysia. The bride and groom are banned from the bathroom. This one was weird. Members of Malaysia and Indonesia's Taidong, Tidong people in Borneo observe a tradition that states the bride and groom must not leave their home or use the bathroom for three whole days after their wedding ceremony. They are no. Kept, it gets worse. They are kept under watchful guard and allowed only a small amount of food and drinks. Not observing the ritual is said to tarnish the bride and groom with bad luck, often resulting in infidelity, the breakup of their marriage, or the death of their children. If they go to the toilet. Apparently so. But I'm a 49-year-old woman. My <laughs> bladder can barely last an hour. Well, I don't think you're getting married in Malaysia, so it's okay. 
Well, a destination <laughs> wedding, definitely not. Venezuela, the newlyweds secretly leave the party. Eh, you're a bit boring, Venezuela. Yeah, but, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah but, you know, you know <laughs> not getting our, their feet our wedding <laughs> is even so boring. We're out. See, <laughs> we, we're uh, gone. Peru, single ladies seek love in the cake. Oh, single ladies. You love this tradition in Peru. A traditional Peruvian wedding cake has ribbons hanging around the sides. Each ribbon is attached to a charm inside the cake. However, one special ribbon is attached to a replica wedding ring. If you're served the wedding ring filled slice of cake, Peruvians believe that you're next in line to get married. Or go see the dentist. What if you crunch on it? Well, you you pull it out so it's attached to a ribbon. Oh, right. I missed the ribbon bit. Sorry, because yeah. I was just, I was in my head singing, like, oh, if, singing you liked it, if you liked it, yeah, then you should have put a cupcake on it. <laughs> if you like it, then you should have put a cake on it. Or a donut. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, Cuba, the bride charges you to dance with her. I'm your private dancer, a dancer okay. for money. I'll do what you want me to do. Yeah. Fiji. The, propo- the proposal involves a whale tooth. So the groom and his family will often present the bride's father with a sperm whale's tooth when he asks permission. Though this practice is more common in rural areas, rural areas, it's practiced all over Fiji. The tooth known as tabua translates to sacred in Fijian. Fijian. So, uh, excuse me, possible future father-in-law, I would like to give you a sperm whale tooth and mm-hmm. then on my wedding night I'd like to give your daughter some sperm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know sperm whales had teeth, but all right. Okay, this is where, and this is the last one, this is where I was like, maybe they're making some of these up. Australia, guests are given the special stones to hold. What? It, 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 is it like one of those hippie weddings where the stone has something like momentous for the occasion written on it? So an Australian wedding ceremony might, it says might, because we don't have any traditions. I reckon they pluck this out of fucking nowhere. Might feature the tradition of a unity bowl. Upon arrival, guests are given stones, which they are required to hold during the ceremony. When it's over... Guess then place have, the stones. In I have seen bowl. this. Yeah, but how old is this tradition? Like, it's, I don't think it's a tradition. I think I saw it on one of those, like, let's have a $3,000 wedding shows. Oh, well, then they're just twats. So it's traditions mm. for twats. So then that way we can share all of the memories of the loved ones that were with us on our special day. Oh, look, Uncle Ronnie gave us this rock. <laughs> I, I actually think it's like. Everybody came to my wedding and got stoned. <laughs> You're full of the dad jokes tonight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm doing right. not bad for somebody who has a, a slightly sore throat and a toothache. Well, that was my musings. Hmm. Fun facts. Hope you learned something. And do, oh. what did you want to talk about? Do we want to talk about pancreas? Yeah, you got a pancreas bursting moment? I do. You can go first. Okay. I've talked a while. Last night we walked through Darling Harbour. <laughs> the end. No. <laughs> oh, my pancreas. During Vivid with thousands of people, and that was that was fine for me, the problem was I had this woman in front of me. Now, I could 
I could see what was in front because I was clearly a head taller than her. So I could see that there was quite a lot of room in front of her to move. But she decided that not only was she going to not take advantage of that area, she was going to get in my way every single time we tried to get around her. She would just kind of like do the zip in front of us to the point where I actually had to do this. Just as I got near her, I just kind of went like this. Dude, are you fucking serious? Just move. (laughs) Just move. When you're walking in a big crowd, and I understand that you're worried about bumping into other people, you're worried about all of this other stuff, but you've clearly got room in front of you. Can you please be considerate of the poor bastards who are walking behind you? My natural thing is if I'm walking slower, I'll step to the side. Exactly. That's where I was going with this. Because the other thing is if you're going to be the slower person, please step to the side. Like it's like a reaction that I do. Like I'm generally a fast walker. So I'm like, you need, you people need to move. But if I slow down, if I'm, you know, on my phone or whatever, I will step to the side. My biggest problem, my other thing was that, gee, there are a lot of people who are taking their kids out way late at night. That's what I I actually, um, to Matt slash Mark, I said, I said, my kids don't get to do any of this stuff. Like, nah, I'm not taking my kids out in the fucking middle winter. Mm-hmm. Something that they're not going to remember and or appreciate. Yeah. My seven-year-old well, can have a light show on his iPad. When we went to the deserty waffly type place, right, we were sitting there and it was <clears throat> close to 10 o'clock, right, and there were families sitting around where their kids were like three or four years old and the kids were like rugged. They were rugged up. That's fine. But it was 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm one for routine. I'm sorry, but Vivid's for grown-ups. It's not for fucking kids, mate. Like, piss off. Even at home. It's too, it's too much of a hassle as well. Like, And it's expensive, especially because you're going to a lot of areas where, you know, you're walking around a lot, so it's it'd be uncomfortable and cumbersome to take things to eat. So, and we saw a lot of kids. I have to say, it was very, very cute. You know, the light up little balloons and stuff. I really wanted one, but yeah, go on. I really wanted one too, and especially when we saw the unicorn one. But Mark slash Matt got ego um, a little love heart. Aww. That lights up that, that they could actually take with them. It was a one type thing in the shape of a love heart that flashes and like stays lit and stuff. I looked at my wife and my wife went, no. <laughs> you no, you got the waffle. <laughs> fucking like if you're gonna walk slow, fucking step off to the side. Like, don't get in my way. I nearly stepped on the back of this woman's foot about five times. Like, are you for real? People, fuck off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What about you? What's um, your pancreas doing? So at dinner we had, I don't know, Captain Jovial. Um, wouldn't let me order the children under 12 menu. Had no other issues anywhere else. So I deliberately ordered something cheaper than the children's menu. Like what's the difference? What is the difference? 
I don't understand. It's not a law. I would have happily had the manager come over, but everyone was pressuring me to order. It was too much. It was a lot. We were pressuring you to order. <laughs> everyone was ready to order. Yeah, but and like you could have just turned around and said to him, like, can you just talk? Can I just, I need to talk to somebody. Mm. I could have, this. but I was in a shitty mood when he told me no. I was like, no, well, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you, Mr. Jovial. I left a bad review on Angus. That's okay. We gave him a tip. Yeah, I know you did. I wouldn't have. Yeah, but you don't know how much we gave him. How much did you give him? You didn't know how much the, the, the bill I was. I don't know how much the bill was. No, I only knew what mine was. Um, I could I could guesstimate. Um, oh, I have to do some quick math here. Easily two fifty, I reckon. The bill was two ninety seven fifty five. Yeah. Okay. I could have, you know what? I could have argued it, but I like I had about half a fruit tingle, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever. Um, I'll just have the chips, please, then, and spend less money. Fuck yes." Yeah, but the missus and I paid for dinner. Let me order on the children's menu. Nowhere else has an issue with it. They kind of look at me funny, but then I'm like, "Well, arrest me." He just like, shot out. No, he's like, "No, I can't do that." No, I would have argued, but I was just like, "Not in the mood." I mean, if I had my husband there, he would argue for me. But anyway, I actually turns out I wasn't that hungry. I think the bread filled me up anyway. So whatever I ordered, I probably wouldn't have eaten. Bursted. So let's get into RuPaul's. Okay. We can um, do that. And I'm going to actually before this before we talk about this episode, I'm actually going to pop in the interview with U.M. Beverly, the dancing farmer. Because I've already edited that, it's ready to go in. Mm -hmm. So that will be the interview that is coming in now. To all of our lovely viewers out there, can you please tell us today what you want to talk about? Yes, I can. B, what do you do? And C, where can we find you? And then we'll get into the race. No worries. Hi, everyone. My name is Beverly, the dancing farmer. Um, I am a country queen, making queer visible in uh, rural and regional areas. So that's what I do. But I'm also a primary school teacher. Um, so inspiring the younger generation to just be authentic and just have fun. I follow you. I do. So with the, with the school teaching, um, obviously that's your day. But with with the whole uh, drag thing as well, is that something that you want to do full time, or is it just the this is the outside me and this yeah. is the a place still? Yeah. Well, in saying that, I've, I actually have now switched. So I was doing uh, primary teaching full time, right. um, and I gave that up last year. So mid last year, I resigned from my permanency, so I left the department. Um, permanency. Now I just teach casual um, because I wanted to entertain. I wanted to do the drag um, and events and things like that and inspire more people outside of, of my community. So um, I, I, I've been asking this of every single person yeah. and this is where I, I just get Yeah, great. Okay, so if you could have five minutes alone in a room mm. with a politician who is against drag, yeah. okay, what do you think that you could say that would actually turn them to think that everything's okay because everything is okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so. That's such a great loaded question. I would I would just be like, you need to come and watch drag and experience 
the vast array of different kinds of drag that's out there. Yeah. Because, yes, while there is sexualized drag, there's a time and place for that. But there is also a time and place for just entertainment and you just happen to dress up and have fun. Right. There's sexualized television and then there's the wiggles. Like, you know, you just, 100%. You your audience yep. and that's, you know, just the way that it is. Yeah, definitely. So um, the other question that I like to ask, so we're yeah. just serious. So the thing, okay. So you're a drag performer, you you go, today's retirement, yeah. I'm done, I'm going to give them one last lip sync. Yeah. What's the song? Um, do you know what? Probably the song that I did today, um, which I, I just performed, uh, You Will Be Found, yep. um, from Dear Evan Hansen. Yep. So it's a song just about, yes, you, you're going to struggle in life and you just need to understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and there's a way out and all you need to do is is ask for it and there's going to be people surrounding you always. Yeah. So, with you being a teacher, do they know about this side of picture or Yes. They do? Obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. My Especially being in a rural community. It is so... I remember when I first moved, because I used to live in Sydney. Right. I'm a partner and I moved to the country. And I was, uh, it was like, well, first of all, it was that, oh my gosh, we're a gay couple moving to the country. How's that going to be perceived? But <laughs> our community's full of gay couples. Um, so which that alleviated things. But then being a teacher, my first year in my area, I was very, I don't want to say conservative, um, but I did keep my sexuality to myself and like always just said partner and didn't refer to anything. But then I remember after my first year, I was like, no, um, that's, that's not okay. Well, it's not that it's not okay. It's that I want to live my life and be proud that I have a partner, that I'm in a queer relationship and, you know what, show my kids and everyone that, that that's okay. And watch, I did that and it was a non-issue. As kids these days are just, they don't care. They've, they've grown up understanding that everybody's different. Um, Partners are in business. That's right. <laughs> um so, yeah, I just started saying, oh, yeah, my, my husband, my, my partner, David, um, and they're so accepting. A lot of them follow me on my socials. Yeah. Um, even though my, they're young and they shouldn't be on socials, but they do and their parents do. Um, and, like, I'll go TikTok live and I'll have kids that, are, that I've taught, that I'm teaching, and their parents, and they come on and nothing but friends from everybody that I've come in contact with within the education world. So is, is, is drag race something that you are thinking about or are you just like, I'm just doing my own thing and they could go their highway, I'll go mine? Yeah, no, I would love to do drag race. Yeah. Like like many queens, I'm an entertainer and I love I love showing off. Like that's why I, I do it as well. Like so certainly drag race would hundred percent be totally up my alley, um, and especially being able to represent a queer country community um, on on TV. Right. So, do you have a regular place, or are you just all over the shop? Um, I've actually had to being country. I had to create. I have to create my own work. Um, so, I am. I have been booked a couple of times um, in my area, but a lot of the events that I do, I put on myself. Um, I have my company TDF events um with my most popular um service i do boozy art 
which is like a paint and sip yep. event. Yep, yep. Um, but it's all about the boozy and art comes second. Yep. Um, and so I get I do those and they get booked out. As soon as I advertise it um, in my area, like the tickets sell and things like that. So I'm really excited as well because I've got a drag story time coming up. Um, yeah, at a local council um, up near my area. So I'm really excited for that. I haven't had any not yet. I mean, I am. I am so worried um, and concerned that that will come and it'll get cancelled, like many have. I'm. I'm really hoping that it doesn't, um, because I think it's such an amazing opportunity, and kids should be allowed to watch a person yep. read a book. Absolutely, absolutely. So fine. Yes. Where can we find you on the socials? You can find me on the socials under The Dancing Farmer on TikTok and Instagram or TDF Events and Emporium on Facebook. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I actually follow and it's great to watch. Thank you. That's okay. Thank you so much. You so much You're welcome. Appreciate it. And we're back. Okay. Thanks, Beverly, The Dancing Farmer. You were great. It was great, actually. Everyone follow Beverly, The Dancing Farmer on Insta. Uh, the links will be down bottom. I put them in if they appear on the show. So episode six. We're coming off a Jimbo win. Coming and off no Heidi, one going home. And Heidi, Heidi sending herself home, yeah. Yeah, Hi- Heidi, technically. Jimbo had a bit of a tantrum at the start about not winning a lip sync. I don't think that was a tantrum as much as she was just getting it down on herself. Yeah, but it was, it was a little bit but, of a tantrum. But, sweetheart, when you've won three challenges and you're clearly the front runner, not looking good to the other chicks in the room, mm-hmm. just saying. Because they're like, uh, we've got her. <laughs> we can get her. So, yeah, so she's won three challenges. And I would like to retract the statement that I made last episode. She actually did win her snatch game. Thank you. Um, the reason I thought she didn't is because when she interviewed by Rue, which I when I replayed it, I heard it again because I was trying to rush to it because I was trying to watch it before we film, and that didn't work. I, I Candy wasn't really displaying that she was sorry about the Heidi situation, which kind of bothered me more. Mm-hmm. You know what my wife said to me as we were about to start the episode? Candy and Alexis Michelle, how they're behaving this season is part of the reason why she doesn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, it's like we like their little menial fights in the workroom, but when people are leaving because of it, like Candy should have chased her out and been like, you know what, let's just drop it. Like, let's yeah. let's move on because at the end of the day, yes, you are competing, but like you're you're not an asshole. Alexis Michelle has a lot to answer for too. Oh, and like, but here's the thing: I don't think that anyone should be bullying over social media or anything like that. Like, I don't. No, I don't Candy think- Muse has gone off social. Well, yeah, because she's getting death threats and, like, it's pretty severe. And, yeah, we might be bagging her now, but, like, it's not, you know, this is as far as it goes. We're not messaging them death threats. I don't think anyone deserves to die over it. Um, I think it's 
I think it's just really important to acknowledge people's mental health and that people are struggling. And but and that and that's part of the reason why Heidi left. Yeah, she's looking after herself. And Heidi, I think, came in it with these really high expectations that she was going to win every week, and then it just—it's not happening for her. Yeah. Um, but but that's because there are like nine or ten other people who are going in with the same expectation. Yeah, you're on all stars. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't matter whether it's All-Stars or just a regular season. Everyone goes in with the same expectation. I'm going there to win. It's the execution that, you know. But it's the fact that they have a reputation to protect now as well because before yeah. there was nothing really to lose and now they're like, oh, well, you know, you lose, you lost all these challenges. Might as well hire them over you kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's. They've got a higher expectation of themselves, which is. I, I do know that they have people that they can talk to before they make the final decision, which mm-hmm. is like usually a producer or a psychologist or, or whatever it is. Um, and they, I, I hope that they utilize them because while you were talking, this popped into my head. Okay. UK season four. Can you name the queen that left? That removed herself. No, nah, but I, I'm not very good with names. We've been it, it, well, it turns out it was baby. It was just baby. Okay. But the reason why I asked that is because I knew your answer was going to be no. Okay. That kind of stuff can happen to somebody like Heidi in closet. Right. Mm-hmm. People who remove themselves, they need to talk to people first because this is also their livelihoods that get affected by all of this as well. Yeah. You know, they need to talk to the psychologists or the producers or whatever it is before making huge monumental decisions like this. And I understand that they're looking after their mental health. But at the same time, as you don't want to fade into the background not to be remembered. Yeah. You know, this is your shot. This is your second shot now. You knew what to expect. They have worked together or know each other or, you know, know of each other well enough to know what personalities are like, you need to talk to people before making huge monumental decisions like this. Because mm. as I said, even though I've actually said the name, you can't remember. And that could very well end up to end up like it won't because it was an all-star season and everyone remembers Heidi in Closet from the season, but you and get my point, right? They also know that Heidi was correct. They also noticed Heidi was what? Correct. Right. She was yeah, yeah. right in the situation. Yeah. Um Alexis just has no backbone. No, but apparently has the guts to stand up to Candy Muse about what role she wants. Oh. Isn't Candy Muse such a fucking brat? Like she's a bully, man. This just was like really bratish. Yeah. This is the part I want and there's nothing else. Yeah. Piss off. Can Alexis just stop preaching? Like. Can Alexis just stop? Yeah, just shut up. Get off. It's I not think... all about you, sweetheart. <laughs> I think them doing um, 
the thing in the workroom right before, as they were getting ready. They they like were performing like a scene, quoting all the movies. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I thought that was more entertaining than the actual musical. <laughs> yep. So the episode was a musical. And it was about the uh, legend icon that is Joan Crawford. The runway was going to be a night of a thousand Grace Joneses, who is also a legend and an icon. I, okay, I don't, I didn't understand a lot of the references because obviously it's a bit out of my timeline for Joan Crawford. So what was the wire hanger about? Was that abortion? Was that a thing about abortion? No, 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 no. So in the movie Mummy Dearest, where Faye Dunaway played um, Joan Crawford, there's a scene where I think it's been a while since I've watched it. So um, she goes into Christina, her adopted daughter's closet, Mm -hmm. and it's just this thing about wire hangers she doesn't like wire hangers right right and it's not just a case of like how many times have i told you use the fabric ones or use the nice wooden ones or whatever it was like it became a it's a huge scene in the movie and it's like no more wire hangers ever like why she's holding this thing going off i can't remember and i don't want to get it wrong at the same time as i think she hits her with the wire hanger okay i can't remember but you got to watch Mummy Dearest. It's actually, like, Joan Crawford was a fucking nut job. <laughs> Apologies to all the other nut jobs out there, please. But, you know, she was uh, a couple of decks short of uh, the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, so or yeah, was or was it? Oh, that's right. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's what that that was all about. She um, it's in the Mummy Dearest. So she basically treated her adopted daughter like shit, and then left her nothing when she died. And the adopted daughter went, "Fuck you! I'm writing a biography," and just like put it all out there on the table about Joan Crawford. Oh wait, this is a true story. So, so the movie Mummy Dearest was about Joan Crawford, based on the biography of her adopted daughter Christina. Yeah. Ah. Oh, you now need to I don't watch know. it. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Have, Fucking nut job. Oh, I don't know. Okay. It might have to be a renter. God, I already rented that stinker. All right, okay, moving on. Don't be like that. How many? I will find it for you. Um, so Jessica Wilde. Kahana in the Rusical didn't really stand out for me. I thought Alexis's face when she found out she was safe was priceless. I know, right? But then so she was rare. kind of like faking that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm safe. Jimbo was actually. Jimbo was like, yes, <laughs> yes, safe is the word I needed. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Kahana and James was in the bottom. I like yeah. James's performance. Yeah, it was the runway that got her in the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Unless it's like James Manfield's specific, Mansfield's specific runway. I think that's all she brought. Just pink. Mm. Pink dresses. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
And then, obviously, uh, Candy Muse won, which she did well, but it was a good, it was a good part to have, mm. um, which I could see why she wanted that part as well. And then also, they had the runway. Yep, and they had the runway. Um, Grace Jones is a fucking icon. Absolute icon and some of the best music from the 80s too. Say what you want about Alexis Michelle, but she can do a runway. I know, right? Like she turned around the corner and she, her face was beautiful. Mm. She can do a runway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hated her for it because I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> but then we came to the Lip Sync Assassin. Can I just say... They did the lip sync. Candy Bees won. Okay. It was, I don't know. I'm a bit biased now because I don't really like Candy Bees. Uh, that lip sync could have gone either way. Well, with then NG, I love, I actually really like Nigeria. Um, yeah, I was, I was, it was a bit of much of a muchness, really. I can't believe she chose James. I was pissed, but I was absolutely pissed. A, you knew she was going to choose James. It wasn't going to be Kahana. Kahana is her friend. But then it subscribes to my theory of get rid of the threat, keep the bozo behind. But was James that much of a threat? She wasn't bad, and the only reason why she ended up in the bottom was because of that group challenge and the group she happened to be in. It wasn't because of her. Yeah. So James had the potential to be a threat because if she wasn't just safe, she was up there, like she was close to a win. She can act and she can she can't dance. She can't no. dance. <laughs> no. Got two left feet that one. Yeah. Um but Kahana the only thing that Kahana can do is a runway. Kahana Montrese is the Roxy Andrews of All Stars Eight. Remember how they kept keep they kept Roxy from All Stars Two? That's what's happening. That was Alaska talks. Um, yeah, but at the same time, because remember, Roxy won the first one too. Yeah, and Kahana won the first one. Yeah, yeah. It's Roxy Andrews vibes. You take the weakest link all the way to the Because the first one, runway challenge. Hmm. Same with, I believe, they they usually have the runway challenge on the first one anyway. So I'm putting Kahana in my top three now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's Just because you think they'll keep her? (laughs) I think it's the Roxy Andrews effect. (laughs) If she's in the bottom again and say for some reason Jimbo... Is in the bottom. This it'll be a fucking uproar if they vote Jimbo out. Mm-hmm. Depending on who's on top, because next, actually, no, Jimbo won't be on the bottom. She won't be anywhere near the bottom. It is next week. Improv with Rue, forensic crime show. Yeah, and it gave us a little sneak peek when Rue actually comes in to the work room and says, "Cut this shit out." To sort out the kitties because they can't play nice together. Mm. 
Mm, because a queen, they already hacking. They already hinted that it was Alexis Michelle, but I don't think it is. Uh, if if it is, that's going to be purely for dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be there's going to be a RuPaul therapy session. Um, where RuPaul we're going to have kumbaya around the fireplace. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I do think that we should note that in Untucked that they're doing the fame games. Yep. Um, but I don't understand how you vote for them. I don't know. I think you got a hashtag or something. I don't know. Oh, it wasn't okay. clearly, wasn't clearly defined. Really, was we should, it? We should maybe start doing that on another. Yeah, day. I want Nasha Lopez to win. I'm going to be interested to see if the reunion changes my mind. Hmm. Do they have a reunion in All Stars? Anymore, they they're used gonna to. fucking need one. They're gonna need one this season. I think they might bring it back, mm. depending yeah. on how many episodes. But I reckon they might need. I'm one. still not overly invested, um, but at the same time, it's like a car accident. You just can't look away. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch the Rue therapy next week. I've, I've got. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Maybe I'll get in next week. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still kind of like. Eh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, we tasked ourselves with watching Michael Douglas movie. Have you seen that film with Michael Douglas and Demi Moore where she sexually harasses him? Oh, thank God they finally made a film where the woman sexually harasses the man because that goes on all the time in real life, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, in fact, basic instinct, fatal attraction. Oh, yeah. What is it about Michael Douglas? I don't know, there's just something about him makes a woman lose her sense of reason. Every time I see that chooky neck and those middle-aged buttocks quivering over Sharon Stone, I get this irresistible urge to stalk and ravage him. Oh no, it's those mean little lips make me want to rip his clothes off and make his life hell. You ask any woman in the street, I'm sure she'll tell you the same thing. Excuse me, madam, have you ever felt the urge to stalk and ravage a man? Oh, yes, um, Michael Douglas, if you go here. Thank you, Bob. Oh, what's all this about? Have you ever felt the urge to stalk and ravage a man? Oh, constantly. Who would that be? Oh, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael Douglas. <laughs> Douglas. Michael Douglas. Oh, um, Michael Douglas. I could boil his any time. Sharon Stone, who would you most like to stalk and ravage? Michael Douglas! Roast or toast? We could start from the start of when he started, but I think he only did small parts, and also they're very hard to find because, you know, he's, he's older. Mm-hmm. He's in the olders. So we did the movie, It's My Turn, 1980. With him and Jill Clayburgh. So premise of the movie is two people go to their parents' wedding. They're not brother and sister, but they're they're older. And they meet, have a tour at a fair over a weekend. They both Uh have partners and Uh then... At the end, it's very vague as to what happens next. Uh huh. Anyway, so uh, 
What did you think about it? Well. <laughs> I went in with high hopes because. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Oh, I thought you'd seen it. Okay. I don't remember seeing. If I have, I don't remember. Okay. okay. Maybe I thought I did. And then like when I started watching it going, oh, it turned out I didn't. Well, see, I thought I'd be into it because the first guy you see is um, the guy from Home Alone, number one. He's the bad guy in it. Daniel Stern. And then she drops a fuckhead within the first three minutes of the movie. I was like, maybe I will like this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Diane Weist is in it too. Yes, yes. Yeah, very, um, very young Diane Weist. Yeah. Um, um, and the guy, I can't remember his character's name on Murphy Brown. He played the brother. He played Michael Douglas's brother. Jim Dial. He was Jim Dial in Murphy Brown. Well, as most 80s movies, they create this context of fast love where people mm. just immediately lock eyes. And no wonder there's all these screwed up relationship views because all these 80s movies are like, yep, you love that person when you just meet them for 20 seconds. Yeah, but then you've got gullible people who watch them. I mean, if you're a realistic thinker, you just go, oh, it's just a movie. Yeah, but, like, you have to admit the 1980s was flooded with these movies. It's very, very true. So she is a mathematics professor Mm -hmm. uh, who is in a relationship with a divorced dude who's like a – housing development architect type person and they go to the rehearsal dinner. He's for, not there with her though. No, he's not there with her. But so Jill Clayberg's character goes to the rehearsal dinner for her father who is getting married again to Michael Douglas's mother. So Michael Douglas is an ex-baseball player and – motivational circuit speaker <laughs> and then as Haley said they have a rompy pomp over the weekend I'm just going to start out with her character <laughs> was a bit overbearing she I wrote down she seems like a snooty little brat yeah but with overbearing daddy issues a huge daddy issues yeah um huge. like when they first go to the arcade and are playing those games and she has yeah. like this massive tantrum over her not being able to, I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And then he seems like this creepy horn dog. Michael Douglas is what I'm talking about. Look, I love, yeah. I, I love you, Michael Douglas. I'm sorry. But then like he lies on top of her and she's like stiff as a board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, what is going on here? But her her daddy issues go to like the rehearsal dinner mm. when the father goes, I'm gonna go and dance with my girl or whatever it is, and she just stands up and says, like, it's me. Like, you're at your father's wedding rehearsal dinner. Like, do you think there's a chance that he may actually mean he's soon to be wife? And just then saying. they're like trying to get into the mood and she calls him her brother. I know, right? I almost threw up in my mouth. Um, then they try to eat each other's faces Uh uh-huh and then she gets a rose delivery at like two o'clock in the morning i could only assume 
Mm-hmm. Um, then they started a weird fight. Like then they the- were talking about how many people were in the bed with them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, past your ex, your wife, my my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, okay, let's still get it on. And then she's like, and our parents. And he's like, okay, let's still get it on. (laughs) (laughs) And I found in the movie she switched from, like, looking really young to looking really old every, like, couple of scenes. Like, it would change how she would look. Like, at first I thought she was much older than what she was supposed to be. And then she looked really young. And uh, then they bond over their weird mummy and daddy issues. Because he's got mummy Uh issues. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I can't watch the sex scenes. They're just weird. I have to fast forward. It wasn't even really a sex scene. It was just kisses. Yeah. And then, but like I was an hour in and I checked the time and I'm like, nothing's happened. No. I, I waited an hour. There was nothing, nothing happened in the movie. I was actually sitting there going, how did this movie get green lighted? How did it get green lit? Cause it's the eighties and all the movies were like that. Yeah. Uh, so just, then, yeah. But then, here's the best part: they've only been together for like maybe forty eight hours, not even, because they went to, they did a lot in that time. Yes. They, they, were, they went to a baseball game. They did this. They did that. And I'm like, that was, yeah, no. So then they're barely together at forty eight hours, and then she's going like, and then what I'll do is I'll take the job in New York, and then we can just like. And it's more money for me to take the job. So it's okay. Like I'll move to New York and we can live together and I'll pay the rent. And I'm just like presumptuous much. Yeah. You're very controlling cow. And then (laughs) when he's like, basically no, she's begging him to stay like a whiny schoolgirl. Oh, she tainted. Well, I tainted. Um, And then tried it on at the airport as well. Yeah. And then she, they go home to their respective partners. Can I just say these two people are like the worst people in the world? I don't give a shit that your wife cheated on you with your best friend. You're still married. You're still together. You were still working it out. And you're with a fairly decent guy who's got a fairly decent job. And you're just like, oh, I'll just cheat on him. Yeah. I'll just cheat. These people are awful. And then... She starts. She gets back to her boyfriend. Starts a stupid fucking argument with him, where she just sounds like a whiny bitch again. Yeah. And then Michael sends her flowers, being like, "You'll be my mistress after all," or some shit like that. Like, no, he was like, "I'd I'd be willing to do a connection through Ontario or Toronto or whatever it was because, like, it was a a, a metaphor." Yeah, but leave leave you your partner and you can be my beauty call when I'm crossing over states. Exactly. Was basically what I got from that. Anyway, that was shit. I, I we'll have to roast or toast it. So what are you what are you giving it? It's a roast. Oh yeah for sure. Yep. I'm giving it one thousand nine hundred and eighty roasts <laughs> really for annoying. the year that that fucking thing was made. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Mike can I just say Michael Douglas with the beard? Yeah. He's he's a bit of all right. Hmm. However, this was not about the um insatiable 
lust that we all have for Michael Douglas in a bit. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> 1,980 roast for the year that that movie was made. All right. Well, I'm going to give it a proper review. Okay. Um, so if it wasn't for Michael Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas, it would have gotten five roasts. But because mm. of Michael Kirk Douglas, I'm going to give it four and a half roasts. <laughs> Because that was crap. Michael so, Douglas, you are worth a half a roasted chicken and chips. Yeah. Um, Love you, Michael but, Douglas. So and that's only because I hold him to a very high caliber of movie. and that was Because it's movie. Michael Kirk Douglas. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the next movie, I did my research this time. The next movie was The Star Chamber, which was made in 1983. But I cannot find it anywhere. It's not to rent. It's not to, I cannot find it anywhere. So the next one is Romancing the Stone, which I know you've already seen. Yeah, but I I love it. I haven't actually seen it, I don't think. So that's on Disney. So we will be watching that. Whether we review it next week or the week after, whatever works out. We always play it by ear. But, yes, that will be the next one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's it. Wow. We unpacked a lot and very little at the same time. Yes. We hope we fulfilled and wasted your time. Because that's our aim every time we do this podcast. It's like, how much of their time can we waste this week? (laughs) All right. Well, So we just want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. Please don't forget to hit like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the little bell for notification. Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, please, if you would be so kind as to give us five stars and a nice little review, that would be great too. Uh, just want to thank everybody who has been um, liking us on Insta. We're actually up to 35 subscribers now on the YouTubes. Oh, fun. But uh, thank you, everybody, uh, once again, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>